0: We are down to the final seconds of the buzzer of the waiting game. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Lockdown Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right, that's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Today, we're going to be talking about how the team has really officially forced Craig Conroy's hand. There is no more time left to wait and see. Or if there is a little bit of time left, if there is any time left at all, it's really just the final seconds here, as well as the Flames schedule uh, before the start of the new year, as well as a nice little article feature on Connor Zari and why I think it's important that we continue to push forward with this youth movement. But before we do any of that, make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. We are here for you five days a week on your favorite podcast platform as well as YouTube. Basically, this, going into the season, it was very much a, oh, we'll just wait and see how this plays out, you know, if we're good, like, we'll key players or I'll resign or it was very much in limbo. And there we have been waiting for for now, essentially, for um uh, ahead of the trade deadline in December when injuries start popping up and teams are gonna start needing players. The Flames need to trade their pending UFAs. The waiting game has been in full full blown effect for the last year and we're getting down to those final seconds. The Flames are playing below 500 hockey. This is not a an overly good hockey team. They're barely getting by, and they're outside of a wild card spot. It has felt like they have been trying to claw their way out uh, to at least 500 since October, and or early November, and it's not happening not saying that they're not ever going to be playing 500 or better hockey this year but it they certainly keep digging themselves a deeper grave and not exactly helping themselves but one thing I will say actually I guess two things I will say is that I don't care what anyone says the Flames are so beyond lucky that they did not extend Elias Lindholm, that they did not hand him a nine, what was it, 9.25, 9.5 million dollar year contract for the next seven or eight years. They are so lucky that did not happen. He is playing more like a five and a half, six million dollar hockey player this year. So if we want to talk about gross overpayments, that's really where we're at with that. And It is a blessing in disguise that they didn't extend him. However, they should have sold high. I mean, he's still a good hockey player. That's without a question. And Noah Hannafin, too. They're so lucky they didn't just hand him a $7 million year contract for the next seven years. I would be sick to my stomach knowing that the defenseman that is consistently getting walked and is very much standing like the guy. Uh, emoji where he's just standing and like in front of the net, like not playing defense. That's a lot of money. And Nick has mentioned it several times on this show. You do not want to pay for defense unless those players are putting up counting stats, which is why players like Kale McCarr, like Adam Fox, like Quinn Hughes or Charlie McAvoy will make the money that they will over the course of their career. They're Aren't too many upsides <laughs> to Noah Hannafin. and but I do think that him being, you know, having that offensive presence to him is attractive to teams, and it's a, it's attractive to the Flames. They're so lucky when they get on the board and score, and it, he's not allowing a goal; he's scoring one. This is very unfortunate right now. Um, one of the other pending UFAs is Chris Tanev, and he is out. He got injured in like the first 15 seconds against Colorado uh, by a hit by Ross Colton and never, he didn't come back and he missed the game against Vegas and it was announced today. I believe it was earlier today. Sorry, it's it's felt like three days rolled into one. <laughs> and, uh, Eric Francis tweeted saying that he flew out. Of Vegas to go back to Calgary and he's not playing in Minnesota tonight. That is not a good sign. Regardless of his contract status, like let's take the pending UFA out of this. Chris Tanev does not miss games. We know that this man has played through the most not great injuries. We talked about it last season. Uh, about him playing through not being able to play through what he the injury that he suffered through the playoffs and like he is not just gonna sit out because he's a little bumped and bruised no we've seen this man deflect shots with his face (laughs) granted that's not exactly the smartest decision but pain like that doesn't necessarily bother him. He will go out there and lay it all on the line. Him not playing that's not a good sign. There was a small window for him to be traded and that window is cracked open right now. And I know I said earlier this year or last week rather that I would like to see the Flames extend him a year. If he comes back from this, yeah, sure. Like I'm still on that train, but I'm I'm also still very concerned about what this injury is and if it's even Like, is this something that will allow the Flames to trade him? Speaking of missing time, Oliver Shillington is a a pending UFA as well, and he is still really there's no clear timeline for him to return. They're kind—I believe they're just kind of letting him take his time and work his way back until he's comfortable, and that's fine. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and berate a player for taking care of themselves. You wouldn't, you wouldn't talk poorly about, you know, Gabe Landeskog working his way back after reconstructive surgery. The same thing goes with mental health. It's not a, it's not a game. You don't, don't mess with things like that. It's not convenient for this team anymore to sit around and wait. They have to get moving. Listen, the Bruins are missing Pavel Zaka. I don't know for how long, but listen, I've got someone on this team that you could make very good use of, and their name rhymes with Schmillen Schmube, and maybe even Elias Lindholm. So Don Sweeney, pick up the phone, please. But coming up next, we are going to talk about the six remaining games in December, and we're going to take a look at the Locked On Power Rankings. But before we do that, we are gonna take a quick break here and I'm going to talk to you about FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over unders, and more. I love the FanDuel app because it is Super easy to navigate, and you can get cashed out instantly. So visit FanDuel.com/lockedon and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into today's episode of Locked On Flame. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your favorite podcasts. One thing that I just really don't enjoy about hockey is how it feels like there is... You're either a back-to-back. You have a day off in between a game, sure. Or there's like three games without hockey. With a uh, holiday roster freeze coming up, I fully expect that to happen. You know, you can anticipate that. But I was looking at the schedule for the rest of December, and there's... Let me see. There's only one instinct or opportunity here where they are, where they have two days off. And that is between the Panthers game on the 18th and the, what is this? The Ducks game, I believe. Yes, the Ducks game on the 21st. And then you have the 27th uh the Kraken are in town and then off the 28th, 29th, 30th and then they play New Year's Eve against the Flyers. So this is like a this is crunch time and all the more reason for Craig Conroy to be working as hard as his players out on the ice. 3 of these 6 final 2023 games are in division. They are against Seattle, the Kings, And the Ducks. The Kings are the only team uh, currently sitting in a playoff spot. The Ducks, they're they're getting better. Not, Not much. But they are certainly improving and taking their time to do that. And the Kraken are... I knew that they weren't going to be as good as everyone expected. There isn't, you know, some people had them at the top of the division with Vegas and the Oilers. But I I did not think that they were going to have a good, I shouldn't say not a good year, but an overly, an overachieving year. I think that their roster is very much like the Flames where it is a redundant skill set. They have a lot of questions and goal. Grubauer is hurt and I believe is uh, now week to week with an upper body injury. So it's not necessarily an easy <laughs> situation to navigate, but the Flames should not do themselves any favors. Or I guess if they're going to do themselves favors, show up and lose. Make it look like you're trying, but don't, you don't have to, you don't have to go all out. Very much like the office world where people kind of check out between like the second week of December and New Year's. You can do that too. It's okay. I promise. We won't, we won't tell anyone. I'm not saying the flames should tank because you're never going to convince a team of professional athletes to tank, but if these UFAs want their hands forced and want to make a, you know, if, it's not that I don't think that the players are comfortable (laughs) requesting a trade. I think that they're all very capable of doing so and if they don't want to do it they can kind of go to their agent and say hey let's get a move on this but if the team stinks makes that a lot easier on everyone because well you need new parts in order to win and you know you can do the change of scenery narrative am i right change of scenery often does help players so i'm not not going to sit here and act like that's just like some sort of theory or what have you. But enough of me rambling. We are going to take the second here and look at the locked on NHL power rankings division by division. These, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the graphic on the screen right now. One of the biggest surprises to me is the Coyotes. I am so shocked at how well they're performing and how consistently they are stringing wins together. I really am impressed by Connor Ingram, who did have to go through the Nashville system behind, I believe he was behind David Riddick in the On the depth charts, so I mean, there was enough wiggle room for him, but uh, the the Predators ended up going a different direction, placing him on waivers, and he's just he's had a lot of decent success in uh, not Colorado, Arizona, and I I do want to say that I'm shocked that the Predators here are listed at four. While the Wild are uh, sitting at 6, I will say I think that the Wild have been phenomenally uh, better since <laughs> former Predators coach John Hines took over. Everything just is somehow relating back to Nashville. Go listen to Lockdown Predators and see see what the secret sauce is here. I will say that the Pacific Division is really kind of right where you expect it. You know, you got Vegas, the Kings, Vancouver at three, followed by the Oilers, the Flames, and the Kraken, with the Ducks and the Sharks rounding it out. I feel like you might be able to put the Kraken ahead of the Flames, maybe by the skin of their teeth. I'm I'm not going to complain that they're sitting at five. They're sitting fifth in the division right now. So <laughs> it's it's the appropriate spot for them. The Capitals being second in the Metro is crazy to me. I do not think that they have been playing good hockey. I think that this team is being held together by, I don't know, ta- scotch tape and and a dream. Because Ovechkin has less goals than Mackenzie Weger, Blake Coleman, and Cadre. He has five. It is December 14th. And on top of everything, <laughs> I guess they're moving to Virginia? I don't know what the heck's going on there. The Carolina Hurricanes did also fall in the rankings here uh, they are now sitting at sixth, ahead of Columbus and Pittsburgh. The Hurricanes are an interesting team. I feel like they—I I don't think that Rod Brindamore is a bad coach by any means. I think that he is an effective coach, but I—and he does find ways to get the most out of his players. People blaming. Rod Brindamore, for the recent adversity and struggles of the Hurricanes, often find themselves criticized. And I don't know if that's really fair to to do. I mean, every coach does run their course. And Rod Brindamore has been there for, I think, about five years, five, six years at this point. So it makes, makes you think. And to wrap up, let's say... The biggest surprise in the Atlantic Division to me is the Red Wings and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I did not expect the Tampa Bay Lightning to be struggling as much as they are this season. And the Flames actually play them coming up this weekend. I believe that they play on the 16th. Yep. Hockey Night in Canada. 10 p.m. Eastern time. So that'll be an interesting game to watch. Svechnikov is also out for some time. For the hurricane. So that's going to be an interesting situation to keep an eye on. Definitely, you know, go listen to Locked on Hurricanes, Locked on Lightning, Locked on Predators, any of these teams that interest you because all of the hosts do such a fantastic job covering these teams. And we are going to wrap up the show here with a you know feel-good article about uh, the one and only Connor Zari. But before we do that, I am going to take a quick break here and talk to you about AG1. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional sub- supplement that supports whole body health. I started drinking AG1 because I felt like I needed some extra boost in my day. I did not want to keep pumping my body full of of caffeine after, you know, not sleeping well. I wanted something that was actually going to benefit me rather than give me just random bursts of energy. AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. All you need to do is put a scoop and a cup of water every day. Uh, start your day. Super easy. You can just grab a cup if you're watching this size and start start changing your morning. A micro habit like that leads to big life changes. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your from your supplement... Routine. Then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. Thanks everyone for sticking around here on Locked on Flames as we cruise through... The first half of the NHL season, I feel like it was just August, and we were sitting here saying, oh, wow, we, we are in the dog days of summer here. Nope. <laughs> we are approaching the first half of the season. But this is an article feature that um, Ty Pilsen wrote up on uh, Flames' website here about Connor Zari. Las Vegas so is the byline, okay, or the location rather. It's an impressive stat line for anyone, you know, let alone a rookie. Connor Zari has looked like an NHL newcomer since the beginning of his since since being called up to the Flames on October 31st, notching 14 points in 19 games. I had not realized it <laughs> had been th- that long. That's really so he. 19 games, we're, we're not t- taking any jokes here. We're up to almost 30 now at this point, right? But to put that into context, another Connor fella down in Chicago who had just a wee bit of hype around him coming into this campaign after being drafted first overall has 24 points in 28 outings. Okay, so he's kind of... <laughs> He's flirting with being on that level. That's gonna come back and bite me because I don't they are two entirely different players, but two rookies are performing pretty well. It's always good for the game. His dynamic rushes and deaf dangles can be breathtaking. Absolutely. I think one of the best parts of Connor Zari's game, and one of the first things I noticed about him when I was covering him in the AHL, that's transitioned really well into the NHL, is his net front presence. The Flames don't have players that are capable of doing what Zari does, and it is refreshing to watch. He is not afraid to get creative. He listens to that gut instinct, whether it's passing or to shoot or... The patience he has with that puck on his stick is better than what you see from, you know, some 20-something-year-olds. It's some seasoned veterans, right? It is impressive. Monday night in Denver, he had another terrific tally of another sort in the first game of three in this road trip. Uh, I just kind of saw Uyghur coming down from the point and just got myself to the net and deflected it a bit. Then I was kind of smacking it around, and it bounced in the air, and I was able to make a quick play and bat it into the net. It was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool one, and it's always nice to contribute on the scoreboard. That's the thing. He does not give up on a play. Do you know how many times I am just getting flashbacks to when Gaudreau and Hannafin just completely stopped playing the puck uh, in game five in overtime against the Oilers, and they just let McDavid have the puck and score. And two, again, two entirely different situations, but he does not give up. He follows through with what he started. And if that means, you know, pressuring the puck into the net, or if it's passing to another player, completing a player's pass, deflecting, he does it. And that is something that the Flames should appreciate and really focus uh, their system around for him when he is out on the ice. The fact that he's been able to play with two highly skilled veterans like Kadri and Elias Lindholm has certainly helped him become an impact player in short order. It's awesome. Zari explained Lindholm, obviously, an unbelievable player and very smart. And he's one of the best two-way centers in the league. So I think when you play with a guy like, like that, it makes the game easy. And I'm fortunate enough to play with him in CODs, Cads, CODs most of the time. And it's been pretty amazing playing with those guys up the middle. I really am happy that this is, you know, working out for him. Because I wrote an article <laughs> at the end of training camp that talked about how he might benefit from more time in the NHL or AHL because he did have some injuries last year. I was wrong. Thank you for proving me wrong. And Ryan Huska was asked about uh, what Zari needs to focus on. And he said his <laughs> detail. I think that's one thing. To be an NHL player on a consistent basis, Is there there has to be pace to what you do consistently. And you have to have a real good handle on detail structure of the game and allow to allow you to be on the ice in critical moments. Oftentimes for younger players, those are things, those are the things that always that they always have to work on and make sure they are committed to improving. Well, there you have folks. I am very excited to see what becomes of Connor Zari and his time with the flames. It's and it's going to feel good for him, especially with how his professional career has kind of gotten off to that injury-ridden start. But it's great to see. And we will watch him for as long as the Flames need him up in that lineup. But that'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Flames. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. And I hope to hear from you all in the comment section. Stay safe, stay warm, and put on some chapstick.